Building Faith Podcast by Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. For more tools, tips, and teachings, check out our community by going to chrisreese.com. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E.com. A victim, according to Webster's Dictionary, is a person who has been attacked, injured, robbed, killed, cheated, or fooled by someone else, or harmed by an unpleasant event. Well, hey, my friend, welcome back to another edition of the Building Faith Podcast. It is my hope to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. So go ahead and hit that subscribe and notification button. Everyone gets attacked, injured, cheated, fooled, harmed, some form during their lifetime. If not physically, then emotionally. And everyone gets harmed by unpleasant events. We're all victims in moments to life's challenges and difficulties and life's lifeness. Jesus was even clear in John 16, 33, when he said that in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So this doesn't mean that we ignore our circumstances and the feelings that are associated with them. But what do you do when you feel like a victim all the time, regardless of your circumstances? Those with a victim mentality always feel victimized. They constantly feel like they have a victim identity. And a victim mentality is like a drug that makes you feel good for a little bit, but slowly begins to suck the life right out of you. If you have a victim mentality, you will see your entire life through a perspective that things constantly happen to you. Victimization is thus a combination of seeing most things in life as negative and beyond your control and as something that you should be given sympathy for experiencing as you deserve better. And at its heart, a victim mentality is actually a way to avoid taking responsibility for yourself and for your life. Look, by believing that you have no power, so therefore you don't have to take action. Now, before we go any further, let's make a critical distinction here. There is a such thing as an innocent victim. Such persons suffer because of another person's sins. And we see this clearly in scripture. For example, oppressing the innocent victim is condemned by God throughout scripture. Uh, Jesus himself was the victim of human wickedness. And the New Testament affirms the unjust persecution that many Christians have suffered. People can be innocent victims. We can suffer unjust evil at the hands of others, but we need to become, we need to be aware of moving from being an innocent victim to adopting a victim mentality. And in the case of other victims, we should affirm the reality of their suffering as we have the opportunity to address it. But we do give them a grave disservice if we allow ourselves to fall into a victim mentality. And when we look into scripture, God's believers are never victims. They're victors. Romans 8.37 reminds us that in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. But you have the responsibility to walk in the victory. My friend, that's not going to be forced upon you. And one of the keys to walking in victory is living according to the truth. And that means having a godly mindset over your circumstances. Thoughts are actions of the mind and you can choose your thought patterns. I know that's revelation for some people. So how do you overcome a victim mindset and walk in God's victory? Well, let's take six steps. Step number one, stop making excuses. 
Oh yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through or, oh, you've got it so good. You don't understand. My friend, I hear words like this all the time when someone is trying to encourage another person out of a victim mindset. The problem with having to have others understand or know what you're going through or be able to relate is that until you feel understood, which may never happen, this mindset almost gives you permission to stay stuck. In other words, you're requiring that someone else come in and override your thoughts for you, which they can't do. And even if they could, you wouldn't let them because you're looking for a reason to stay stuck. The truth is someone will always have it worse than you and better than you. And it doesn't matter if someone doesn't understand or hasn't been where you are or has had it 20 times worse or 10 times better. This is your mindset. And it will either cause you to walk in victory or defeat. And you can continue to blame others for the defeats and the challenges and settling for less than God's best for your life. Or you can choose to embrace the truth. Everyone has a choice. So how is it that someone who lost their entire family and moved from one foster home to another can grow up and decide to make some something of themselves where someone else becomes an alcoholic and continues to blame their circumstances? Step number two, take ownership for your needs. In most cases of victimhood, the battle is more in the mind and it stems from the inability or the unwillingness to take ownership for one's wants and needs. And oftentimes we put the expectation of our needs onto others, some in cases of not even communicating them. And then when they don't meet our needs, instead of getting up and meeting our needs ourselves or properly communicating that need, we use it as an opportunity to prove that others just aren't treating us the way we deserve. And therefore they're the bad guy. And if they're the bad guy, I must be the victim. And if you feel powerless, my friend, I want to encourage you to get help in dealing with that. If someone is violating your needs, learn to set boundaries. You're not a victim. And this other person's bad behavior does not automatically make you a good person, not only with others, but within your own mind, you have to decide that you will think according to God's truth saying, "Ugh, see, I knew this wouldn't work out or God is just against me or, oh gosh, I've prayed for so long. God must be ignoring me. My friend, these are all victim thoughts that are not biblical. Step number three, see yourself and God correctly. When we slip into a victim mentality, our vision is a little distorted. When we don't, when, when we see ourselves as victims, we aren't viewing through the lens of scripture. We're viewing through the lens of experience. And that is dangerous, especially when it spills over into, and it often does, our view of God. Instead of seeing God as our provider, our justice, our avenger, our guide, we see him as just someone else who has abandoned and forgotten us. My friend, what does God say about you? Does scripture say that you're a victim? No, it says you are a victorious creation in Christ. So what do you say about God? Do you say that God has forgotten you rather than believing his word that he will never leave you or forsake you? Step number four, find the root. Before you construct the next narrative in your head that justifies your victim position against the person who is stealing your power, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where this began. Ask him to reveal the root. 
Perhaps it was a toxic parent that caused you to feel undervalued and unloved or a family member that betrayed your trust. No matter the source, I assure you, my friend, Jesus can heal all wounds. But sometimes it's helpful to get additional help to work through those residual emotions that have seeped into other areas of your life. And we have connected with Faithful Counseling. If you need a counseling referral, I will go ahead and put a link in the description section below. Step number five, repent. You may be thinking, why do I need to repent? What do I need to repent of? They're the ones that wronged me. A victim mentality always points the blame outward, and it looks at the speck in others' eyes and avoids that log in our own eye. Again, except in cases of violence or abuse where we are actual innocent victims, there's nothing that you need to repent of except allowing yourself to stay stuck in a victim mentality and not believing God's sovereign justice will prevail in your life. But for many with a victim mentality, it shows up in everyday interactions. A victim mentality magnifies the harm that is done to us and it blinds us to our own sin. It tells us a false narrative explaining our situation so that blame lies exclusively with other people or circumstances. My friend, God never calls us victims of our circumstances. We are called to take responsibility for our actions. And while your actions may not have caused the hurt, the mental actions that are keeping you there need to be repented of. And step number six, forgive. Once you've discovered the root, forgiveness will need to take place. I have no doubt, my friend, that you were wronged. And I find it helpful when I want to stay justified in my anger to remind myself that Jesus was the most wronged man ever to walk the earth. And instead of hanging on the cross saying, oh, I can't believe this. After all I've done for these people, I just came to love them and they don't see it. And look what I'm trying to do. And they're blaming me for everything. My friend, he didn't do that. Here's what he said. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Now you may be saying to me, yeah, but Chris, this person knows exactly what they're doing. And maybe, I could also argue, so did we when we sin against God. And after you have forgiven your offender, my friend, it might be time to turn that forgiveness onto yourself. No matter your circumstances, no matter what you've faced in life, no matter what has happened to you or is happening, my friend, if you are in Christ, you are an overcomer. This does not mean that we won't face hardships. It means that even in hardships, we can be victorious because we belong to God. And as Christ followers, this does not mean that we don't deal with difficulties. It means that in the midst of the difficulties, that I continue to believe that God wins in the end, and so will I. The victorious believer does not allow their outer circumstances to diminish their inner joy. The victorious believer does not allow the actions of others to steal their peace. In persecution, we have God's protection. In loneliness, we have God's presence. Even in death, we have eternal salvation. Well, my friend, I'd love to continue the conversation with you below, or we can connect on Instagram. But in the meantime, if you're wondering just how toxic your thoughts are, I want to invite you to take our free How Toxic Are My Thoughts quiz. 
And if you are ready to renew your mind to the truth, I want you to check out my new course called Renew Your Mind. It will help you to walk through a four-step formula to control your mind and thus allow God to transform your life. So go ahead and jump on over to chrisreese.com and grab those valuable resources today. Thank you for listening to the Building Faith Podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more resources mentioned in this podcast, go to chrisreese.com. While you're there, help us keep the Building Faith Podcast on the air by becoming a monthly supporter or by making a one-time donation. Well, my friend, until next time, remember, all things are possible with God.